as we continue on in this series, moving from membership to discipleship, we'll look now at this text in the gospel according to Luke 5th chapter, looking at verses 1 to 11. Dealing in this text, we find when Jesus calls his first uh, disciples, and I will be reading from the New Living uh, Translation. As we look at this text at verses 1 to 11, I will begin our reading for our hearing at verse 5. Those able to stand in reading of God's word, we welcome you to do so. If you do not have it, say hold on. Praise the Lord. Sounds like we all have it. Amen. So let us begin together, starting at verse 5 of the fifth chapter of Luke, reading from the New Living Translation. The word of God says, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night. It didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Praise God for his word. As you take your CV, help me announce this title to your neighbor. Tell him, uh, flawed, but following. That's right. Flawed, but following. Yeah, yeah, I know it might be a tongue twister. Don't try to say three times fast. But yes, flawed, but following. Dealing with this text this morning, looking at these men kind of reminds me of many fathers that come to be that they don't understand how they're going to be a good father because they are flawed. But they're going to try anyway. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? Realizing that will I be able to provide for this child? Will I be able to teach this child? Will I be able to take care of this child when crisis come up? Will I be able to handle the crisis when they come up? Realizing that there's so much before them when they attempt to become a father. They, we start looking as fathers at our own inaccuracies. We look what we do not have and start thinking, will it be enough? To take care of this child. Am I talking to some fathers this morning? If you if I answer, you can say amen. All right, I'm glad I'm in the house. I, I just want to make sure I don't lose anybody. So we can look at this text and see that these men, can we look like us? That these men, check it out, check it out. They were out fishing but caught no fish. That's a bad day. You go out to fish but you catch no fish. That's a bad day. You loaded up the boat, put it on the truck, got your gear ready to go. You go out, ready to sit out on the water, ready to catch some fish. You got your bait, you have your tackle, you have everything ready to go. The day is spent, the day is over, and you have nothing to show for it. Can I highlight that sometimes as we begin our life, we think we have nothing to show for it. 
How can I be a good father when I have nothing to show? I don't have a track record. My evidence speaks against me. If you look at me, I, 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 I'm saying I'm a fisherman, but I have no fish in my net. You might, you might suggest to me that I was just playing around. But what you find in this text that they are kind of a byline because Jesus is trying to teach. And since he is trying to teach, he saw the men who just got done fishing, cleaning out their nets, ready to go home, defeated and despondent and depressed. But yet Jesus says, can I use your boats? And they said, well, might as well. We didn't do anything else today. So let's go and clean out the boats. And so they push out the boats. And now they're sitting in their boats, hearing the great teacher teach to the crowd and to the multitude. I bet you their ears started itching. That this man is speaking with power. He's speaking with authority. He's speaking truth that we've never heard before. And some of them knew John the Baptist. So they say, these things sound familiar. They sound true. These are things we heard before. And so now Jesus gets done teaching. He looks at them and says, did y'all, y'all didn't catch anything, did you? Try putting your net on the other side of the boat. Now, these are experienced fishermen. I say experienced fishermen. Listening to a teacher whose profession is a carpenter. And he tells them how to fish. Look what they do. The Peter looks at him. Simon looks at him and says, I've been out here all night. We haven't caught any fish. Basically, he's saying that my life has been empty. It's full of void. I tried this out already. It has not worked. Jesus will try me. Yeah, can y'all see that in the text? He said, I, I heard what you did. Do what I said to do. Y'all see that? And he simply said, because you said so. Mm. Because you said so. Master, I will. Ain't that good news? She tells him, go out a little bit deeper. Let down your nets. Verse 5, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so. And what happened? We know what happened. Think about this, that Jesus knew how he was going to use these men that had nothing to show. And he's going to show them something. They were cleaning their nets, not cleaning the fish. They were cleaning the nets. They had empty nets. They had an empty boat. But Jesus stepped in the boat. Tell them to go out so he can teach. Then they go out deeper. Then he tells them, cast down your nets on the other side. And they did so. Next thing they know, they find out fish are too heavy to bring into the boat. We need help. So his brothers, I'm sorry, his, his, the, the brothers, uh, James and Andrew, come and, and help him out. And they load up. The boat started sinking because they got so much fish. Now, look closely here. I want to highlight to us, the first thing I want to point out to us. That Jesus can use you even when you think you're useless. That you think people tell you how good you are. They tell you what your value is and they tell you your purpose in life. But yet Jesus says, I can do greater things. Because look what's going on here. They, they were the byline. He, he was using their boat as his pulpit, not knowing that he was getting ready to deputize them as his disciples. They're thinking that he just wants to use our boats and he's going to leave us alone. But no, he said, let me bless you. Let me show you how you can catch fish. Oh, wow. Can, can you look at some things here? He tells them to go out. So they go out. He's teaching. Then he says, can we go deeper? They go deeper and they catch fish. 
I'm going to encourage you that he can use you even when you're useless and cast he will also push you to go further than you've ever gone before. The reason why many of us have, have not seen our worth because we have not gone further than we, should have, than, than, than we have. That we stop short and we think this is enough and we think we're satisfied with what we're not knowing if we just go a little bit deeper. Just a little bit deeper. Just think about how when you want something, don't you step closer? When, when you are reaching for something, don't you reach a little bit further? When you want something, you, have you ever been short on by somebody? You ask them for something, they short arm you, and you know you want it, so you stretch further, don't you? Because you know it's within my grab, it's within my reach, I'm going to get it. Can I help somebody out? That God has blessings within your grab, within your reach. You just need to go ahead and step out and reach out. Look, if they did not go deeper, if they did not get into the boat, they would not have caught that fish. It looks simplistic. It looks simple. But yet that's how life is, that some things are so simplistic, we make it too difficult. That we think we are useless, so we think we have no use, so we miss out on seeing the benefits and the blessing that God has in store for us. Same thing that I get back again to many of the fathers, that sometimes they think they're useless, they think that they're worthless, and so they miss out on the benefit and the blessing of being a father. That's why I'm proud for these fathers that are here this morning who step up, who step up with their children, who step up to provide, who step up to take care for them. And even when we look at saying that, Lord, I, I don't have anything, but yet God says, I see your life and I see the purpose I have for your life and I see how I can use you. Look how he went from speaking to the crowd, speaking directly to Simon. Can I help you out? That God can speak directly to you. Just as he can speak to everybody else, he can speak directly to you. And what I'm glad about that, he has your direct line. He knows how to get our attention. The question, will you answer? Because a lot of people have your phone number, but a lot of people you don't answer when they call. Am I right about it? You look at who's calling and say, I don't want to talk to them. But when Jesus calls out your name, will you answer? Well, you say, as Simon, because you say so, I will. Because once he realized that he was no longer useless, that he had use, he started seeing benefit of obedience. Second issue I want to point out, not only that you have use with Jesus, but also there's, there's benefit from obedience. Look at the benefit that came from him. He went from being an unsuccessful fisherman to being the most successful fisherman. Y'all catch that? He went from having an empty boat to having two full boats that were sinking full of fish. He went from being despondent, cleaning his nets, ready to go home empty-handed, to now having a boat, two boats filled up with fish, so much so he had had help to carry it in that the boats were sinking as they're getting back to shore, that he had more fish than he could handle. Going to help you out and understand that God will do supernatural things in your life once you allow him to use you. When I think about this, I think about how oftentimes when we give gifts to somebody, or you give a gift to somebody, it has no use until they take it out of that box or that wrapping. And so long as a sister is just sits there idle. But check this out. God has given us gifts, and he's letting us know that all you got to do is open it up. Open it up and you can get all the value, all the benefit from just simply doing what I've asked you to do. Look what happened. He didn't ask Simon to do jumping jacks. He didn't ask him, can you do a flip? Can you do this? Can you do that? He just simply said, do what you already do. 
We are looking sometimes for God to do things out of the ordinary in our lives when he just asks us to do ordinary things. Being his disciple means this, that I will love one another. That's nothing out of the ordinary. But to the world is out of the ordinary. To the world, if somebody curses you out, it's okay for you to punch them dead in the mouth. And the world will say, you were right, because sure enough, I, I wouldn't have took that from them. But yet, we look in the Bible, the Bible says, turn the other cheek. Oh, that's foreign, light, uh, foreign language right now, turn the other cheek. Nah, nah, not me. And then we use that excuse, I got to mature a little bit. No, 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 you don't need to mature them, or you just need to obey. We make excuses of maturity out of disobedience. When I am obedient, I do the things that I know I'm supposed to do. And when I am mature, I do them better. Y'all catch that? When I was obedient to my mother and my father, I knew what to do. As I mature, I learned the responsibility of doing them that I did them better. Same situation on your job. As you, if you're on your job, they train you, right? Out of obedience, you do your job. But as you stay on the job and you mature, you start to do the work better. And the better you do it, what? You get rewards. They start giving you raises. They start giving you vacations. They start giving you time. They start sending you on trips. Can I help you out? They are limited and have limited resources. What will God do? If they can give you rewards, cannot God? Bless you. So when we just do what he has already told us to do, it's amazing. You start seeing results in your life. They were fishermen. He told them to fish. They caught more fish than they ever caught in their life. Blessing in obedience. And in their obedience, look what happened. It attracted other people to come in. <laughs> Simon said, look, 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 y'all, I, I need some help. So here they come. The Zebedee brothers, come on, we got you back. Let's go. Let's put them in the boat. Let's get all this fish in here. Now, look what happens here. Because he's in the presence of this great teacher, because he decided to be obedient before him, look what happens. He sees this miraculous catch. He heard this great teacher. What happens when they come onto shore? He sees his flaws. What happens sometimes in our lives that limits us from stepping forward and reaching out and receiving what God has for us is that we don't think we are worthy. And when we don't think we are worthy, we stop ourselves from getting what we think we deserve. And when people congratulate us and push up, that puts even more stress on us because now we're scared to fail. And when we get scared to fail, we, we'd rather do nothing instead of doing something. And many times we might find that quote that your failure is when you fail to do anything. And so what happened here is that Peter trusted the Lord. He did something that was miraculous. He realized that was beyond him. He could not have done it if it was not for Jesus. And then he realized this man that was teaching that I am not worthy to be in your presence for I am a sinner. Can I help somebody out to encourage you that we should be just like Peter? We should see our sin. That's a good thing that just happened right there. Sometimes we get caught up. We don't want to tell nobody, oh, I'm not a sinner. I want to tell everybody I'm a sinner saved by grace. Because I see my flaws. I see my issues. And when we see them, then we know how to fix them. Isn't that good news? Don't you want to catch something before it's too late? So when you see the flaw, you can get it fixed. So the doctor say, oh, I caught cancer. What? Just in time. Oh, Hallelujah. That's when you praise God, you tell about your testimony. Oh, the doctor caught it. Thank you, Lord. You don't want to hear it too late. Oh, there's nothing I can do for you. 
You don't want that news. Am I right about it? So Peter realized that I'm not good enough. I, I see my issues. I see my flaws. But Jesus let him know that's all right. That's all right. Because I chose you. Kind of encourage you that he sees your use. He, there's blessing in obedience. And Cass says God wants to use you even though you're flawed. If you look at the beginning of these men, we, we, we know a lot of things about Peter because he, he was hot-headed. And hot-headed means he did some things out of the cuff sometimes. We found out he would curse so that he didn't know Jesus. We found out that he told Jesus that you can't do this. Jesus had to tell him, get ye behind me, Satan. We find him that he was ready to roll once they came up. After he woke up, he decided to cut somebody's ear off. Jesus let him know, put your sword back. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. We find a lot of things about Peter that he was very hot-headed and ready to go. But yet we find he has a sincere heart. Can I help somebody out that we have a lot of issues, we have a lot of flaws that people can point out, but yet God sees your heart. And when God sees your heart, in spite of what others can say that, 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 that takes away from your character, that takes away from your conduct, that takes away from what other people see from you, God says, I put more in you. And when God puts in you, can't nobody take away from you. And see, those who might have thought Peter could not have been a leader, but Jesus says, I chose you. Look at, it was his boat he got in. Simon owned the boat. The Zebedee brothers who won his left and his right hand and owned the boat, they were working for Simon. It was his business. His business had the greatest success because of Jesus, and he realized, I'm not even worthy of this success. Can I encourage somebody that when you gain success in your life because of what God has done, don't take all the credit. But give the glory to the Lord and realize it was by his grace, it was by his mercy, it was by his strength, because I sure enough know it was him that brought me through. And so when Simon realized that it was Jesus that did this amazing thing from him, he realized that he was not worthy of doing this thing. But look what happens here. God is okay. He exposes our flaws only to show that I can do, I can use you. What I like about this is that many of us look at things and we see where there's no value. But Jesus always looks at everything and finds value. Just think about it. This world is full of sin, but yet for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Many of us don't go down to the dumpster looking for stuff. We'll go to the store looking for stuff. This world was a dump. It was a dump. It's trash. He's ready to throw it away. But he came down anyway. I don't know about you, but I know me. If I got a nice suit on and I drop something in the garbage, oh, well. I need to go change first and then come down. <laughs> I'm not going to get dirty. God himself came down for mess just to clean it up. He was willing to get dirty for us. So what I like about this is that even though we're flawed, and we have issues, we have doubts, and don't think we can make it. God says, I can use you, and I can show you how you can make it. Look at the third aspect that I want to show that happens. Because they were flawed, they were changed. How were they changed? Look what happens. You call fish. Yes, we call fish. Great. Now you're going to catch men. He just changed their profession. He just changed their profession. And it says that they forsook everything. They left everything to follow after him. Think about it in these terms. You just got the biggest raise you are ever looking for in your life. And then Jesus comes by and says, follow me. 
basically means telling you to leave your job, leave your raise, leave your benefits, leave your income, and follow me. You would be like, can we have a conference? Can we talk about this for a little while? You know, uh, let me get at least one year of work in to save this money up, then I'll come after you, right? We're going to think like, I do want to be with you, but yeah, I don't want to let go of this. But the disciples realized that we, got, we have received more fish than we ever received before. And you are telling us to follow you. We're going to follow you because we're about to see some greater things than what we have just seen. We get excited and we sing those songs, your ladder will be greater. But we don't believe it because we try to hold on to what we have. But they realize if I want more, I got to let go of this stuff that's been holding me back. Because if you begin, go to the beginning of the story, the fishing life wasn't all cracked up what it's supposed to be. If you look at the beginning of the story, they had an empty boat and some empty nets. But when Jesus showed up, things started changing in their lives. They started seeing success where they had no success. They started seeing amazing things that they never seen before. Can I help somebody out? They realize when I keep on holding on with Jesus, if I keep on walking with Jesus, I just might see greater things than I ever seen before. Can I help somebody out to realize that though you may be flawed, you can still follow Jesus and he can change you. He can change your purpose. He can change your circumstances. He can change everything that's around you. Because look what happened to them. They, we, we know the story. Don't we know the story about the disciples, how they turned the world upside down? Uh, the kings, everybody was trying to kill them because they were telling everybody they know about somebody that changed their lives, who died on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day with all power and all authority in his hands. And with that same authority, he told them to go make disciples and look at Jesus showing them, I made you my disciples. I called you out of something that you were not very good at at the day I saw you, but I made you very successful, and I'm telling you, you're going to do greater things. And so, as you move from being just in the crowd to being just a member to being his disciple, we realize that it costs us something. They were willing to give up their own profession to follow after the obedience of Jesus' call. Not everybody's called it in. Not everybody will have to leave their profession. But you're going to have to leave something. And Hebrews writer says that let us remove, you know, what easily besets us and the sin that easily betangles us. We have to be careful that there's things that we are holding on to that is stopping us from following the master. And realizing that, look what happened here, that Jesus tells them that, don't be afraid. Have no fear. No longer be scared because of your guilt, because of your sin issues. He's, that's what he's telling them. Can I help somebody else realize that you can always come before, before God and no matter what you've done, no matter the problems you've caused, no matter what's happening in your life, there's no need to fear him because he loves you that much and he's calling you out. He tells them, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Now, how we know this text, they became fishers of men. Can I highlight to you that in the original language, basically say that you will catch men. And think about when you catch fish, they're not dead. They're alive. And he's saying no longer are you going to catch fish and then kill them. 
You're going to catch men and save them. Y'all see that? So he's going to catch men and save them. And that's why Jesus came to catch us and to save us. Save us regardless of our flaws, regardless of our issues, regardless of our circumstance. He can still use us. And what I, what I like about this is that, think about it, that other people will tell you how you're never good enough. You have this, you have that. But God says, I can still use you. I want you to be encouraged that when, you, when we buy many things, I, I, I don't like modern technology as much as I used to. Because back in the day, you, when you bought something, you got everything in that same package. I remember those days. You got all the cables. You got all the remotes. You got all the batteries. Everything came in that same package. Now it says, not, you know, it shows you a picture and it has a little small print, not included. And then they want you to go back to the store to buy everything else just so everything will work. Because how are you going to buy a printer, right? You come home ready to print, but you need a cable. Now you got to go back to the store and buy you a cable to come back home to print something without you thought you were going to get done. Now you're late because everything takes long. Am I talking to somebody here? Can I encourage you right now and let you know that God made you with everything you need? No assembly required. No need to have to go back to the store. You have everything that you need to be productive, effective, and powerful through the mighty God as he called you out to use you. I want you to understand that you're not flawed and messed up beyond use for him. That's why he came down because he can fix the flaws. He can fix the issues. He can fix every trouble and regulate every mind and make sure that you can do things that are beyond you can even imagine. And that's why... We find these men willing to follow him, though they were flawed. They realize that we have issues, but he can solve them. <laughs> if he can give us all these fish and so we didn't catch anything last night, so no, he can do some amazing things. And I'll close with this. We opened up the story right there, an empty boat. They had empty nets. Think about how your life before Jesus is empty. It's void. There's nothing in there. But Jesus comes by, and he wants to get in your boat. He wants to take you out. He wants to teach you. And then he wants to take you deeper and show you production in your life. Then he wants to expose you to let you know that, yes, you're a sinner, but that's all right. Follow me, and he can change you. Can I encourage you that you don't have to be empty? You don't have to be void. You don't have to be without production. Let Jesus come in. Let him teach you. Let him take you out deeper. Let him show you production. Let him expose you to your sin. And let him teach you and train you so you can follow him and be his disciple. We can be flawed, but we can follow him. We can follow him. Every head closed, every eye, every, I'm sorry, every head bowed.